0: Welcome to the Casey City Church Audio Podcast. We pray you enjoy this following sermon. The caution and the warning, and I, I want to put it to us this morning in that way. There's a caution and there's a warning to us. To us as believers, not just to this church, I think to the church in general. Right? But there is, a, there is a real caution to us about where we are at. And how far we've come from actually having this intimate relationship with the Lord. And why do I say intimacy with the Lord? Because intimacy with the Lord is, is vital. At the end of the day, when, when, we don't, when our intimacy with God is not something that you and I are certain of, we can never trust this God. We can never believe in this God. Tell me, can you ever be trusting of someone that you are intimate with? I mean, you, 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 you can't be intimate with someone and not be trusting. Am I right? So, we get into a relationship of intimacy, and in that relationship, we learn to depend and to begin to trust a God who has declared so many things over our lives. Let me ask you this question. Where are the prophetic words spoken over you and I? Where are they today? Where are the dreams that he has placed in your heart? Where are the desires that he has placed within your hearts today? Has it been taken away by someone? Has it been taken away by circumstances? Has your health deteriorated to to such an extent? Or the things that you look and see around you have been so misplaced or displaced that you feel, man, I I can't trust this God anymore. But I will go for the ride. And I will continue on this ride. And you know, I've, I've been asking myself that question. You know, and my current mantra is this. Trust only God, but love people. Don't trust people. Because they'll let you down. Don't trust me, I'll let you down. (laughs) But you better love me. (laughs) In fact, please love me. You know why? Because love is patient, you'll be patient to me. Love is kind, you'll be kind to me. Love keeps no record of any wrong, because you will not keep any of my reco- records that, that, whatever wrong that I've done, you will not keep that. So love me, and I will love you. Hallelujah. But trust in God, because he says, trust the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your own understanding, and he will direct our path. So we have, we have been, we, we, we are encouraged, we are summoned to really begin to trust him, Right? So here you find this word that has been spoken. He says, I'm changing the script. You are not going to follow the patterns of your family before you. You are not going to live in the same places of sin, addiction, change, and torment. I am bringing you into a new land. I am bringing you deeper into revelation, into the revelation of my goodness, my kindness, and my majesty. I am bringing you into I'm bringing you deeper into the revelation of your freedom in me. Get ready, get ready, get ready for encounters with me in this new era when you will see the price I paid at the cross for your deliverance. You will have encounters with me where the fire of my love and the fire of my power of the gospel will brand you again. Wow. Brand you again. Maybe we need a new branding. You know why when you get branded? You know when cattle is branded, what does that mean? That's ownership. That's ownership. So when he brands us, that's his ownership over our lives. Right? His, own, his ownership. You will see my blood that poured out of my side and the nails in my hands. You will see the power of my resurrection again that will leave you in awe and wonder of who I am. My love for you and my deliverance that was paid for you. I am going to open up the definition of my sozo to you. Complete healing, wholeness, deliverance, salvation. Complete, not partial, but complete. Major alignments in your heart and life will take place because of the revelation of my love and freedom that is yours that will burn deep within you. Let me repeat that. ...of my love, because the revelation of my love and freedom that is yours will burn deep within you. You will weep and weep in thankfulness and joy as you see me, the one who paid it all, because I love you, because you are mine. This love for you, this revelation of my goodness and freedom will draw you into a life of greater abundance... Holiness, purity, deliverance, and freedom. This is the era when you will run with me unstoppable. Victorious and free like never before. The time has arrived. Your time has arrived. The time has arrived. This is your day of deliverance. Amen. Come on, say that with me. This is my day of deliverance. Come on, believe it. Close your eyes and, and declare that this is my day of deliverance. And uh, all of you who are watching us online, we can't hear you loud, loudly enough. Come on, shout it out from where you are. This is my day of deliverance. This is my day. Amen. We, we, we need to declare that to ourselves. You know... Some they were praying here and I think CJ kind of mentioned or not too sure I think it was CJ that I mentioned about anxiety, he says, you know, I feel that, you know, let's go after anxiety so want to pray for anxiety and I said, yeah, I am anxious today I feel kind of anxious why? Because I don't know where I'm going with what I'm sharing because I'm on this journey so that's why I started earlier to, to say this to you, that join me on this journey. I don't know where I'm going, but I know the one who's leading me. Right? And so I know He will lead us into green pastures. Right? Surely goodness and mercy will follow us all the days of our lives. Right? So, I will, I will, sh- I will share a few more things with with us. Uh, I just need someone to give me the time. Can the time be up there? Oh, no, it can't be there. Plus, don't worry. Oh, no, that's fine. Okay, 11.40. Hallelujah. I've got about an hour to go. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. By the way, we want to welcome Jess from Sydney. So... Thank you thank you for joining us. She used to be part of our church here, and then she decided to move to Sin City. So, Sydney. So, come back to the lockdown capital, hallelujah. You'll be safe. You'll be safe in isolation. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Uh, and so, when we have leaders who follow Jesus, that sort of a ruling and that sort of a management will not happen. Hallelujah. So we need to pray for our leaders who are out there, who feel that they're doing the right thing, but potentially not knowing what the book says, what the word of the Lord says. Hallelujah. So I want to ask you this one question. How can the church in the 21st century continue to hold lightly to the truth of the gospel without losing the centrality of Christian love? So we're talking about rediscovering our intimacy, our love. We, we touched on the last few weeks on the context of the church of Ephesus, right? One of the key things that they really knew and they were really good at was this, that they knew the truth. They knew the truth, right? Not like any other church, they knew the truth, but the Lord said this, despite that, I commended you and there were seven commendations, right? Go and read that. In chapter 2, seven commendations, and he says, despite that, I have this one thing against you, right? So how, how can we hold on to the truth and not compromise what we believe, and yet at the same time love God and love people? There's a Baptist church in America that is being disfellowshipped by the Southern Baptist movement because they had a gay couple with kids coming to their church. And they were disfellowshipped. Now, today is not a message of whether, you know, what is our stand as a church. I think what we need to ask is what, what, does, what, what, does, what does Scripture demand of us? What does the word of the Lord want for us to do? That's 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 a vital question for us to ask in a day and age that we live in. So, this question, how do we hold tightly to the truth of the gospel? And yet, at the same time, without losing the centrality of Christian love. There are three practices that I shared last week, and I've been doing this on a Bible study on Tuesday. So Tuesday, if you are available, come and join us. It's on Zoom. You will all get an invitation. It all is sent to your emails. Now, the reason we put it at 9 o'clock was so that after you have your dinner, put your kids to bed, you can go and put on your PJs and come and join us so that it will be easy for you, right? But this week, I'm moving it to 830 because some need to have their beauty sleep by 9.30. <laughs> so for that purpose, I'm pulling it a half an hour earlier so that you can join us and ask away, fire away questions. We, we want to go deeper and deeper and deeper. Amen? We want to interact with, with you. So remember, Tuesday at 8.30 p.m., you'll receive an, an SMS and you'll receive an email that will, that will come to you. So... What I, I just wanna I just wanna share these three practices very, very quickly with you. We've got as a as as Christians and as believers, we've got our orthodoxy, meaning our our you know, mentally what what we what we are assenting to, what what do we what do we understand as, as truth. The other is your orthodoxy. Uh, sorry, your orthopraxy. How do you practice? What do you practice what you believe? Amen. Whatever you believe, do you practice? Remember, I, 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 I post to all of us, do you believe what you really believe is really real? Do you believe what you really believe is really real? So your practice comes out of your... <laughs> hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Comes out of your, of your belief system, your truth. Amen. And then comes your orthopathy, meaning do you have the right heart and spirit? And in all of what we did, right, we asked this one question. They were strong with their orthodoxy, the church in Ephesus. They knew the truth, but did they live out their faith? Did they have the heart and soul as a church? And this is a question you and I need to ask ourselves. Where's our heart right now? Where's our heart right now? I put it in, probably in in this language. What's your belief system? How are you living out what your belief system is? And, And what are your motives in response to your belief system? What are your motives? Why do you do that? Why do you deny certain people? Why do you accept certain people? Why do you love some and why don't you love others? Right? You could put it towards truth. Your behavior is informed by the truth that you have. I believe in this, so this is, my, this is going to be my behavior. And out of that behavior comes our emotions. We feel the way we feel. Hallelujah. So, there is this, 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 this pressure, this, this sense that is upon the church, that is upon you and I, right? And this is, this is the ongoing pressure that the church has, right? The pressures... Of an ever-changing culture mean that the church must constantly be vigilant to guard its life and keep its boundaries. Right? Again, it's something that we've done, but I want to refresh our memory because uh, refresh our minds because I'm taking us into this place. Why the rediscovering our intimacy in Christ is vital, and is the only way forward. Why? Because of this. But on the other hand, as the church has confronted change. It has now become a battlefield over worship, politics, and theology. Right? Shami and I had met with a uh, politician some months ago. He wanted to meet community leaders. So Shami asked whether I could uh, meet up with him. And so, so I asked him a poignant question. I said, so tell me what do you think about the church? And I say, it's kind of broad, the question is, isn't it? But anyway I just wanted to ask because from I, I just for me it was I wanted to uh, derive some sort of a response I wanted to get some sort of a response right and the first thing he said was this you know the church should not be at a place you know the the church shouldn't be getting involved in telling people how they should live their lives or saying that oh um, that this cannot be done that that cannot be that can that, that can't be done. Don't, don't get involved in political matters where we are wanting to change matters within the state or the, the government. So I allowed him to continue. And so then, then I turned, turned it around and I said, well, in the same manner, don't you think you guys shouldn't be trying to influence the church by telling us whom we can marry, whom we can't marry? Why are you getting involved? In matters of the church if you don't want us to get involved in matters of the states right and so it sort of got a little bit uncomfortable but I mean we're not here to make everyone happy all the time hallelujah unless you are Larry then you can be as happy as Larry hallelujah then only you can but otherwise It ain't going to happen like that. Now, the reason for that was not to engage in any sort of a debate, but it was to put forth a question in his mind that would cause him to also continue to search because I'm searching myself. Lord, how far do we go? Where do we draw the lines? What sort of boundaries do we keep? And as we're doing that, Am I actually really loving the people around me? Am I loving my neighbor as myself? Am I loving God? Am I knowing God? And that's our text today. So there is an emergence that is coming out. There is something that is emerging in today's day and age. And and this is what it is, right? The emergence is that when elements of a certain sorts are assembled, in the right way what happens something new comes amen something new comes into being something that was not there before the new thing is not just a rearrangement of what was there before but neither is it something dropped into the situation from the outside That is key, my friends. It is not something that is just dropped from the outside. Now ask yourself, how many things do you and I begin to take upon ourselves that's from the outside? The advertisements we listen to. The advice that we adhere to. How much of it comes from the fact that there is a spirit that lives inside of you that will lead you into all truth? how much of that do you and i respond to right and i never actually write things for a message i only use the, the computer and type but i'm 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 sort of journaling some of these things and i want to read something out of what i what i was just journaling imagine You wake up and you feel loved, forgiven, righteous, redeemed, healed, restored. Imagine that. You wake up and that's what you feel. Every day you wake up and you feel that. Imagine what what it would do to your day, right? It would take away shame. It would take away guilt. It would take away worry, this worry cycle, right? Maybe even depression and maybe anxiety. I mean, imagine a day just like that every day. Is that possible? And the good news is this. That is possible. But it demands work. Something that probably we don't like to hear demands work. And what is that work? The work is simply this. It demands a commitment to knowing my God. In such an intimate way. It demands me making that time. Now, if you don't... See yourself in that way. Right? And I wrote this down. If you don't see yourself the way that he sees you, how will you have the confidence of being with him? Of being intimate with him? If, if you close your eyes and you ask yourself, how does he actually really see me? And if you don't have the confidence of knowing that he sees me as an amazing child of God, as one that is so loved, as one that is able to to be a conqueror and beyond, as one who is fearless. If you don't see all of that, how can you and I come into a place of intimacy with our God? Or how can you have the confidence to come into a place? Now, growing up, I was in a Catholic school who are renowned for discipline. The principal will walk and you could hear him from, I wouldn't say a mile, but from a distance because he'll have a cane and he smacks his robe. You know, like, you know, not smacking himself, but just warning all of us in the class that he is on his way, right? Right? And so, uh, I, I wasn't a believer when I was growing up. Not that if you're a believer means sometimes that you don't do anything that is, that's, that's bad or that's cheeky or that's mischievous or whatever. But anyway, I wasn't, so I had all the opportunity to do that. <laughs> I had all the reasons to do that, Right? And so we got, every now and then we get called into the principal's office and we get caned, right? So we bend our backs like that and he takes the cane and he slices our buttocks, right? So uh, that's why I, I wear padded jeans still today. <laughs> Hallelujah. So, yeah, and so that was, and when we go in, we come out and we kind of laugh about it amongst our friends. Because, you know, as boys, right, men, you know, you don't, you think that's, that's macho, that's, 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 a, that's, that's a normal thing. Right, for, us to, for us to be, be strong in, in an environment like that. But if I'm asked the question now, will you sit and speak to that principal? I will not, because I don't have the confidence that he will look at me through eyes that, that will empower me. So I, would, I have never, growing up, I have never, ever felt that way with my teachers or with my principals. I've never So how many of you now, or sometimes even with your employers? so how many of you growing up feel that you can sit with someone who is above you with the confidence of knowing that that you will be empowered, you will be loved, you will be accepted, you will be embraced? Now we take this mindset into our relationship with God. Friends, this may be a message that you may already probably be aware of, and I'm sure you are, but I want to stress this because this is coming back to that place of rediscovering this, 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 this sense of love and understanding, this, this love that you and I have for God or that God has for us. Because it is so... It, 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 it becomes warped after a while. It becomes messy after a while. You know, if you put any metal piece outside in the, uh, the elements... After a while, it becomes rusty, right? And you've got to polish it. And the same thing. You know, the truth has rusted inside of us. That it demands His blood. It demands the revelation. It demands time for you and I to come into that place. Right? So that that will be polished. And hence, why this aspect where it says this, that... that the rearrangement of what was there before, but neither is it something that was dropped into the situation from outside. It's not, it's not outside. It emerges, comes into being through the operation of the essential elements. Yet the new is something different and often surprising. We would not have expected it before it even appeared. We talk so much, this, this word reset over COVID has been used so many times. There is a reset. The new that is happening right now, we never would have imagined. Amen? Never would have imagined. But it has appeared. It has come. You will think of the new element not as something added from the outside, but as something that arises somehow out of the original constituents. So something that has risen up from deep within. Friends, what is rising up within you? What is rising up? Let me, let me read you an excerpt from a book that I'm reading. Right? As soon as God touches a seeker, he gives that new believer an instinct to return to him more perfectly and be united with him. There is something within the believer that knows he has not yet been created for, that he has not been created for amusement or the trivials of the world, but has an end which is centered in his Lord something within the believer endeavors to cause him to return to a place deep within a place of rest it is an instinctive thing this pull to return to god it is an instinctive thing there is an instinct within us to want to come deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper right each believer has the impatience to return to his source of origin. That's the place that God calls us to, our source of origin. Get back to your first love. Come back to that place. Come back to that place. You know, I may have said it before, you get a chance to get Madame Jean Guion's material, book, read it. She wrote this in the 1700s. Now, Paul says the same thing in Philippians chapter 3, verse 10, which is our text. And he says this, I say all of that to bring us to this point. I share all of that to bring us to this pivotal verse today, right? I gave up all that inferior stuff so I could know Christ personally, experience His resurrection power, be a partner in His suffering, and go all the way with Him to death itself. If there was any way to get in on the resurrection from the dead, I wanted to do it. If there was any way of getting... Imagine that. If there was any way to get in on the resurrection from the dead, I wanted to do it. What's your wants today, folks? Folks. What's your one thing desire? What is that one thing? What is that desire that you have? Is, it, is, is there such a pull that will draw us into this place, into that centrality of Christ, that He is and will be all and everything to you and I? Everything to you and I. We can't be, we're not called to amuse people. We're not called into amusements. You know, we venture out wondering, now what is, you know, they're saying this, should be rule on that? Should we petition on this? Should we protest on that? Should we this? Should we that? Man, the Spirit of the Lord can guide us and lead us. He knows exactly what, what you and I need to do. And we should be responding to that. We should be, we should, and you know why? Because he made a huge statement to the disciples. He told them this. He says, guys, you will never know where I'm going. And even if you want to come there, you will never be able to get there. But you will not understand any a lot of what I'm saying. You need to know that when, if I don't go, the advocate, the spirit will not be able to come. So I need to go so that The spirit, so that you, so that my advocate will come. So the spirit of the Lord has come, and so He guides us. He leads us. Today we had a day, in our worship, setting. That. uh, Is like, where do we, where do we go? We had a list of songs, and suddenly there were three other songs that were introduced. And I can't have a go at CJ because I'm as guilty as that or maybe even more guilty, right? And that's how we all do that here in our church. We all throw in songs that we feel are suddenly... Does that mean that she was not prepared enough? No way. She's way prepared. But God, at different junctures, at, at at a point, no matter how prepared we come, He suddenly throws in. And you know why? Because He wants to remove our confidence in ourselves and create a reliance on Him. And so that's the journey that he will always take us through. He always wants to because that's where he leads us into a place of depth. So what you, what you keep seeing here on Sunday is simply this. A people who are just totally reliant on God who want to go deeper. Yes. Who just want to go deeper. You know, it's difficult. to we, we, and, and you know what? We can't franchise all of this. But what you and I can do is, is we can become those, the, 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 the couriers of this. Like a courier would go and, you know, deliver parcels. We can. We can take this and we can go out. And we can start delivering this. But you've got to deliver from the post office. And Jesus is your postmaster. Amen. The Holy Spirit comes and gives it comes and delivers this package, comes and delivers this package and we go. And we begin to do that and we begin to do that and we begin to do that, right? Let's look at the amplified version of this, of, this, uh, of this verse. I love this. And this, so that I may know him experientially, becoming more thoroughly acquainted with him, understanding the remarkable wonders of his person more completely. Friends, that is the vital thing. We may know him partially, we may know him in a percentage, but do you think that's what he wants? No, he wants you and I to know him a whole lot more, completely. Where he says, it is possible, guys, for you, and, for you to come to know me completely. But let me clue you in on this. Even when you come to that place, you think, oh God, I know you completely now. You say, well, you know, you play the peekaboo game, suddenly he opens up. Something else, and you begin to see something else, and you go further, and you go further and you go further. That is why I has not seen, ear has not heard what he has in store for us. That's the magnitude and the bigness of a God that you and I serve. And a father who loves us so much. Right? Oh, sorry. Oh, no. Spoiler alert there. Uh, <laughs> Understanding the wonders of the completely and in that same way, same way experience the power of his resurrection which overflows and is active in believers and that I may share the fellowship of his sufferings by being continually conformed inwardly into his likeness even to his death dying as he did. So the same Paul wrote the book of Ephesians. So turn now with me to Ephesians chapter 3.20. Turn with me to chapter 320, and if whoever has, has the passion version, please read that out. Read Ephesians 3.20. In line with this verse that you see here that the Amplified brings up, which overflows and is, alive, and is active in believers. Right, The power of his resurrection which overflows and is active in believers. Who would like to read that? Can someone please read that out loud? anyone who's got it anyone who's got it oh man time's really going praise god thank you jesus then you will be empowered to discover what every holy one experiences the great magnitude of the astonishing love of christ in all its dimensions how deeply intimate and far-reaching is his love How enduring and inclusive it is. Endless love beyond measurement that transcends our... Oh, sorry. Oh, I wasn't. Sorry. Never doubt God's mighty power to work in you and accomplish all this. He will achieve infinitely more than your greatest request, your most unbelievable dream, and exceed your wildest imagination. He will outdo them all for His miraculous power constantly energizes you. His miraculous power constantly energizes you. I think the NLT puts it this way. And the power that is at work within you. There is a power that is at work within you. Paul, who wrote Philippians, speaks about that power, the resurrected power. The power of the resurrected Christ is at work within you. So, where do, we, where do we go from, from here as we look at that verse? That word, gnosko, it means this to know experientially, to be acquainted with a person. So to know this, to be acquainted with Jesus, I'm acquainted with His ways. I know His ways. I can trust Him now. I can believe in Him right now. I don't need to worry I don't need to worry. So I live my life in a way where my confidence in Him begins to grow continuously. And so when He says, and when He gives us the command, go and make disciples, you will see these things that will happen. These signs will follow you. They will accompany you. So take a minute and and think for yourself what's holding me back? I'll tell you what's holding you back. You just not being interested in getting into that secret place. That's, that's basically what it is. You, you, you don't really, you are not really committed enough to want to get into that secret You have all your reasons to justify that. Too much work, too much schoolwork. Oh, I better make sure that I study and show my, I shouldn't say show myself approved, I better study, obey my parents. Better not waste the government's money better get my degree, get my house, get all of this, do all of, those, do all of those things. I better make sure I get that so that I can serve God more effectively. So that I could give to the church so that the church can then continue. And there could be a myriad other reasons. And I don't think any of that can justify the reason for you to not get into the secret place sorry to put it to you that way that's it because that's the kind of commitment you and I need I'll take this up further the next time But that's that's my that's my 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 uh, encouragement to us. And as I said, I'm speaking out of my journey. So I'm not giving myself any stupid reason. Or not getting into that place. Do I do this cons- consistently? No, I haven't arrived at that place yet, to be honest. Because I'm busy doing so many things too. No, I shouldn't say busy, I'm occupied doing several things. Some things get me into the place of that secret place. But some things, you know, you just get tired at the end of the day. Does God not understand your tiredness? He does, my friend. He does. Even in that tired place, invite Him. Yes. And just say, God, I'm so tired. I am struggling to trust you because I've not been healed. You think He's going to be hurt by that? Do you think he's going to be offended by that? Never. Not at all. He will... You will see your relationship in such a different light altogether. You will rediscover what it means to be so intimate with him meaning what it means to be so intertwined with him. That is what this intimacy is about. And that is what Paul is talking about. I consider all of that. Right? Now, remember, Paul is coming from an experience of the law. This is what the law says. Into a place of just completely putting that aside, and coming into a place where the grace of God is able to take him into that space. This is for part two. But let's explore this a little bit more. Amen? Amen. Amen. And I want to end with this verse that, when we were at the camp, Pastor Jeremiah, he shared this. The amazing grace of the Master, Jesus Christ, the extravagant love of God, and this bit, the intimate friendship of the Holy Spirit be with all of you. We're about to partake of the communion right now. So if you don't have your communion emblems, if I can, thank you, if I can invite you to please... Uh, uh, yeah, just... just um, If you don't have your emblems, just raise your hands. Pete will come around and pass it to you. We normally now just, again, due to COVID and all of that, we place the communion emblems outside so that you can then personally just grab them and and bring them into the service and uh, it's a little bit noisy when you open this up so don't worry it's all okay we are a Pentecostal church we're quite u- accustomed to noise so it's okay that's why we went with this not not with the quiet ones those are for kind of non-Pentecostal churches so we decided to go with the with the one that's a little bit noisy hallelujah so it, Uh, But putting that aside You know the fellowship and the friendship of the Holy Spirit Friends The word of the Lord says that we are one body Amen And we are of one spirit It says we are of this one spirit When we delve Again the need for you and I to get into that place of intimacy You know why am I emphasizing this and why I feel the Lord has really, really, I mean, opened my eyes to see that it's when I get into that place of this one spirit that you and I, we drink of the same spirit. We eat of the same spirit. How can I then not come out of that space and be disunited on, or, or to not be united with you? If we all go into that place and eat and drink of that one spirit, don't you think we will be so united in our spirit? That we will be so united. Doesn't mean that we are... And you know what unity is? Unity is not uniformity. It is not sameness. But there is this unity that can only be achieved when you and I go. So if you don't go, how can I be really united with you? I mean, just think for it logically. I know we are all at different places in our journey. But if we venture into that same place, the grace of God is there to pull us into a place where the sense of unity will be heightened. Then one can put a thousand to flight. Imagine two putting 10,000 to flight. Where just two or three agree upon anything on earth it shall shall so be done in heaven. Right? So heaven come down when I am united with the team here. And when we begin to harness onto that unity and sense that spirit of oneness, spirit break out, spirit break out, break our walls down. That's the kind of damage that He calls us to, and the enemy is so fearful of us coming into that place of revelation that he will consistently keep us from the secret place and keep us from engaging in that one spirit and keep us disunited. So consider that as we now begin to partake of the one body and the one cup. Amen. So Jesus, on the night that he was betrayed, he took up and he took the bread. And he broke the bread. And as he broke the bread, and as they partook of it, they didn't know that this bread that they were going to partake of was going to be the bread of healing, was going to be the bread of deliverance. Was going to be the bread of, of, of salvation. Was going to be the, the bread of restoration. It was going to be all of that. So, as we partake of this today, friends, what we are now doing is simply this. We're saying, Lord, I receive from you now my deliverance, I receive from you now my healing because I'm partaking of this bread. partake of this together and to seal that covenant there was only one way the shedding of his blood and the blood of the blood the sinless blood of Christ that was shed for you and I today seals this covenant and will seal your commitment today as you and I make a commitment to rediscover our intimacy in Christ, to come into that secret place, to push everything aside and say, I come, Lord. Away, right now. Let's partake of this cup together in Jesus' name. Friends, I know time has definitely feel like using the word "snuck us by," but I want to provide an opportunity for you to be. Not necessarily prayed for. I want to create a, I want us to create a space here, that before you leave today, you actually venture into the secret place here, corporately together. That we say, God, I want to come deeper. I want to come further. You didn't come here just because it was uh, the long weekend. Yes, the, you know, the the Lord is wooing you into this place, into a place that you long for, into a place that you've maybe even found yourself finding difficulty in coming into, but he's saying, I'm drawing you into that place. I'm drawing you. I'm healing you. I'm restoring you. But I want to assure you, and that assurance is something you will know, that he will release to you, a deep assurance. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. So we're going to sing a song, uh, first love, yeah, let's do first. Church, as we sing this, if you want to come up the front, we're not going to be laying hands on and praying for people, but if you just want to come up and worship or pick a corner, whatever you need to do to have that intimacy with God, you're you're in his house. Amen. And you know, last week, there were over 70 of us that went away on a retreat. I, took, I wanted to take the staff, volunteers, and leaders away, because I felt it's time for us to get into that that place and some some amazingly really powerful things if the, if the children are here just feel free to bring them in um, Pete you might want to just mention to them um, and 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 you know getting into the secret place is something you and I need to fight for it is never uh, it's never always conducive